footy and frothies. Daggy and Barney are back. Uh, delayed start. We're back to Studio B. We're back on the deck at the old Dagster's house. David, what? you've had the you've had quite the week. I don't think I actually <laughs> won't ask you week's been how right. your week's been. I'll just tell you it's good, it's good that we get to talk footy and uh, no, take your mind off for a bit. Eh? Yeah, week's been okay. The weekend's one of the roughest ones I've had for well, the entire life, really. But um, these things happen. We move on and we keep on going. We'll be here to talk about footy. So, uh, just thoughts in general, though, just touching on quickly your thoughts with you and the family, the loss of your, your beautiful mother-in-law. Um, so um, generally nice person. Uh, so Absolutely. Uh, is a tremendous loss for you and everyone involved. So thoughts with you there. Um, but as I said, we won't dwell on things too much outside of that. I appreciate it, mate. Thank you. And we're joined today, for whatever that's worth, uh, uh, the one bloke that used to live in the club, club, Trev, that still listens to us. Actually, it is you. Uh, who... Um, He's a familiar voice, but a friend of the show and has joined us, popped in to join us today, Alex. Uh, somehow just talking off here, it's, of all teams, we've converted to the West Tigers, so I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's tragic. Very tragic. Two games in and it's it's a nightmare already, but good to be here. Good to talk <laughs> some footy. So you stick around and add in whatever you need to. Of course, uh, leave us some feedback, social media, YouTube uh, especially. There's been some uh, good input there. Facebook, we're on Spotify. Uh, Instagram and Twitter. We also have, are on rugbyleaguemerch.com. So go and buy um, some of these sexy hats and beanies and support that. It is, though, Beanie for Brain Counts around. I assume you're going to get two, guys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mark Hughes Foundation. It's, what, five, six years now, I think it's going on. And they, they seem to be hitting around the million dollar mark for the last couple of years. So go out and get involved. They're, they've got a whole new style again this year, which I saw <laughs> during the week. It's actually um, a pretty nice looking beanie. So. I'll be going out of my way to try and find one of those. Do you, is it still the same sort of place as IGA? IGA and Lowe's, as yeah. far as I remember, yeah. Because last year, I, or they on, all sold out. Or online, yeah, they did. They sold out pretty early I last year. I actually missed out on them. I tried yeah. three or four places. Um, but I will try tomorrow to see if I can get one from IGA up the road here and see how we go. But a fantastic cause and, and get around that. Alex, you've just come back from Korea. I have. How was that? Beautiful. Beautiful country. Beautiful people. Beautiful culture. Different to Australia, but as much as I love it, it's good to be back home. Always good to be back home. And best food you ate over there? Oh, bit of a mix of the the mother-in-law's galbi tongue, beef short rib soup, or simple street food, sotok, little fried sausages and rice cake. Can't go wrong with that. Lovely. And you're on the beers now? I am. I was going to say, I had, had terror beer when I was over there. I was going to say, I forced myself to drink beer and it was I got through it unscathed, which was good. So now beer doesn't phase me in Australia. It's, it's all the same. Look at you. Just in time to come on footy and frothies. I'm a true Aussie man now. Just in time for footies and frothies. <laughs> uh, some big news out of the week, I guess. Oh, very. Uh, where should we start? Let's start with Reese Walsh. Three games from last night for calling the referee a uh, C-bomb, <laughs> despite the best <laughs> efforts of uh, everyone involved to say he didn't. It was probably pretty clear he did. and well, At least that was how the judiciary ruled anyway. Uh, there was some uh, PR smothering on Instagram, replacing comments and all sorts of things. Uh, he misses Origin 3. A very articulately worded statement mm. that came out after yes. his original statement, mm. <laughs> which I'm sure he wrote every every word by himself. Uh, David Fafita didn't help him much <laughs> in the hearing. Oh, he was he was looking at Carrigan. He definitely said it to the ref. I meant, I meant Pat. <laughs> oh, poor bastard. But <laughs> uh, anyway. Big question for mine is if it's if Origin 3s are decided, does he get a week or do they still give him the three? 
I reckon he probably only gets a week if Origin 3 is an insider, to be given honest. Given what we've seen but from Tino two weeks for game one and two, I would suggest probably. Very quickly, who replaces him? I think the easy option is AJ Brimson at the moment. Was 18th man in the previous game. Ponga came out, I think, after game one and said, don't pick me for the rest of the series. So whether he has a change of heart and wants to come back and play game three, I, I think it'd be unlikely. I think the the, the safest and the, the most short option is probably just to put AJ back at fullback and... Um, leave Hammer in the centres unless you want to put Hammer back there who's been in pretty rare form the last month or so. I think so. they're too obvious. I assume given he was 18th man, given he got the job done the last, I think, last couple of years, at yep. least last year. Uh, no, he's injured last year before he was very good. Uh, I assume he just slots straight in. because been parachuted in a couple of times and never let anyone down. Yeah, because so. to move Hammer, you then have to find a centre. So I assume it's just like for like. Um and it'll be what it is. Look, I in terms of the ban, I, I don't disagree with it. I think it's fair enough. Uh, you can't do that. And the fact uh, he actually probably took hand it the wrong way. I'm sure if he just showed remorse from the start and put his hand up, he probably gets a week. But maybe, yeah, anyway. that's a good point. He just um, well, yeah, if he just owned it, been. probably one or two yeah, weeks. Just said, yeah. look, I carried on a bit, put out a night, the same twenty, you know, fifty word statement, and tried very hard not to do it again. Yeah, um, he probably gets a week. Yeah, you're not wrong. I don't. I think you're pretty correct there. Uh, you do. You, what are you looking for? A you looking no, for no. a uh, smoky bin? No, no, I'm fine. I'll get you one in a minute. Oh, it's cool. Sorted. Anything else, Alex? You want to add to that, or are you just uh, along for the ride? I was just along, just along for the ride. I mean, we we're already down two 0 Origins are no interest right now. <laughs> <laughs> a bit like that. New South Wales is playing like that too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've summed it up there in. Um, it's surprisingly not sponsored by Harvey Norman, actually. You know anything about this, but anyway, <laughs> they used to be. Uh, casualty ward, I don't have a lot. Um, I can't think of any major ones out of the weekend. A, no, I don't think it's probably something really general. obvious, but I can't think of any. Uh, it's a busy time of year for me, so I haven't done my full research. I know there'll be uh, <laughs> some Titans fans having me at me for that, but that's fine. Dallin uh, looked like an old man by the end of the Warriors he game. <laughs> he, he, was, he was pretty sore after doing backflips over the try line <laughs> three or four times, but... Uh, and the signing, the big signing news of the week, very quickly, Tig Wilton's extended for another year, so that's good, wrapping him up till 2025 from the Sharks. Uh, and Manly have gone on a spree. They've signed <laughs> Luke Brooks for alleged, well, what has been reported as 700 a year. Jackson Paulo's going straight there from the Roosters, who okay. uh, looked like a world beater for about three weeks at the start of the year. Uh, Totai Kula has extended his stay. And there was a report about Hayes Perham, but um, I haven't seen confirmation of that. So yeah, I'd heard that as well. I'd heard it, but there's nothing reported as far as I can tell. Uh, so that may have been all complete bullshit. <laughs> what do you take – what do you make of it? What do you make of – Brooks, well, I mean, Brooks for, is a funny one, obviously. For, Brooks is – and obviously I, <laughs> um, if you listen to the show, I'm quite close to the to the source. But what, have you, what do you make of the Luke Brooks signing? For all well, three parties. For me, it's, it's a backup plan for DCE after the end of next year, to mm -hmm. be honest. Um, there's talk that Schuster's about to extend as well with the $2.5 million deal on the table to, to stay at six. So for me, it looks like he's a backup option for the next 12 months, and then we see what happens after that. But Brooks isn't getting any younger either, so I no, don't know how that stacks eight. up 12 months from and now. And four years is a, a long time. Yeah. So it, for mine, it's it, it looks like they want to put him into the seven position after next year when DCE probably yeah. retires. But um, you'd really want him playing first grade in the time being. Well, he'll play well, six. So he'll go straight there and play six outside DCE. And then DC. Schuster moves back to the back row. If I guess. you'd had 
<laughs> for Parramatta fans and Tigers fans and probably Manly fans. She used to probably go to the If 13. you'd had um, Luke Brooks and Jacob Arthur playing halves for Manly on your bingo card at the start of the year <laughs> on the Bold Prediction Show, if someone had reported by the end of – at the start of 2024, Jacob Arthur and Luke Brooks would be – Origin three would be side by side. the um, <laughs> halves combination at Manly. It would have it would have won the bowl prediction show. It's not effective immediately though, is no, it? No, no, it's, it's next, next year. year. But yeah. I just I had the thought this morning. Wow, like Jacob <laughs> Arthur's still in the books and may well play seven if Brooks fires at six. Maybe they keep him there. Yeah. I think it's um, I think it's good for at least two parties. Luke Brooks has shown some good stuff this year. I'm actually very very interested. Uh, we'll go f- as far as to say excited to see what he does produce outside D- DC. is a world class centre. And if I'm going to make the Jerome Luai analogy I made at the start of the year or halfway through the year uh, about Luai and Brooks, yeah. he's now going to be able to show it because he's going to be outside DCE who's going to do all the game management, do all the important stuff, uh, and Brooks is just going to be the Luai of the side. It would be very interesting to compare like for like next year. Yeah, absolutely it will. Um, the mentality is a bit funny. Uh, he seems to, if he has, does have a bad game, he seems to back it up with another two or three mm. behind it. Um, it's not one of those goldfish guys that just sort of lets everything go and then no. come, turns up the next week. But, uh, yeah, it's probably a good move from for Brooks more than anyone else, to be honest, well, he, he until actually, proven He actually manly. came out and said last year that his next contract would be about him. Yeah. He turned down a Tigers and he's gone. To get se- I mean, to get 700 for four years is... I was surprised there was anyone in the incredible. NRL to, that incredible. would offer him 700, to be honest. Well, but and that's why he snaps I up. did say that was probably the mark that someone gets him for, so mm. it doesn't surprise me that um, he's he's been happy to snap up that the, the deal at that amount. But, yeah, I, I really thought 550, 600 was probably his limit. But mm. um, if that's what Manly are basing their plans on for the next four years, then... Well, riddle me this, where they gonna um, go? Barney man. Uh, what... They've got going you know, have Brooks in their books at seven hundred. Schuster's eight hundred allegedly at the moment and about to re-sign for extended contract. Or whatever, DC's yeah. on a mill. Tommy's on a mill. Yep. Jake's on, let's say seven, six or seven. Garrick's not cheap. What's that's it's not seven? Get any cheaper that's either. seven blokes that you're now going to have to fill the rest of it. El Kowatu's about either just upgraded or won't be cheap. You've now got to fill 22 roster spots with four mil. It's been their problem for the last few years, to be well, honest. Well, when you talk about roster management, it doesn't seem sound to me. As soon as they lose two of those guys, it's they fall to pieces. Unless they have, happened this year. Unless happened the last two both years. Brooks and Schuster are heavily back-ended and they get the DC money down the, down the road. That's worked well for them in the past. Well, seems to be their <laughs> modus, modus operandi, doesn't it? Uh, cool is a good signing, I think. Uh, young fella shows a lot of promise, has a lot of pace. Um, is someone that you would you would want to, um, I think, ink a good long term deal to have out in the back in the back line there. Schuster and Brooks to me doesn't really work together. Not not this no, he's, year coming. He's been told apparently Schuster's across it all. He's playing back row. He's playing thirteen or back row. So Jacob yeah, and uh, Jacob Arthur's up their cool. sleeve, which I, I honestly think will be the they hope to have a Jacob Arthur year of DCE. That's probably the best thing for Schuster to bring him through in his career as well. He can uh, be a little bit lazy occasionally out the back there and, and not get as, as involved as he as he needs to as someone who's running the show in the middle of the field. But um, he's going to have to pick up his defence. He's going to be playing on an yeah. edge or a, as a 13. Well, nowadays you need to get through 50 tackles as well. And At least 40. Fitness yeah. has been his issue. Uh, I, I was glad to see the Tigers. Benji turned around and said, no, it's not the answer because they could have got him. 
more reports uh, and for once made a smart decision. The big uh, problem is now Manly are basically they've they've basically turned around and said they don't need a a, a forward pack. Well, or they're going to get, they're going to run through with a bottom dollar forward pack, which and is yeah, yeah, you got yes, um, cool is serviceable. I don't know where where Parker sits on the contract wise. I don't know where. I assume Morgan Harper's on the way out. If um, Paulo and Cooler and Torpalutu are all resigned, yeah. hovering around, it's I dare say they'll lose guts. the likes of Olakowatu or Kepi or Paseka or, or maybe Ke- two Ke- of the Kepi's three. Probably a, but. 250 player anyway. but Yeah, but I dare say they're going to have to lose two of those to try and balance things out and bring genius through. So. We should see, like, Paseca could go to the Warriors and become, you know, like, go to the right storm forward pack somewhere. and become a beast. Yeah. He is a beast. He just, an occasional beast. Um, Where to for the Tigers in terms of they have zero halves on their books. Well, they've got Adam Dewey, and who's out for the year. Wakeham's off contract at the end of the year. Dane Laurie is going to play six this week, but realistically, his only offers are from. He's going. To, he needs to perform in this next four weeks, so he'll be in England next year. Uh, I, I'm not filled with confidence about him, but we'll it's see. Paper thin at the moment, isn't it? Um, I I don't know who's coming off contract into next year, but that's something you're not going to know until around November at the around the end of this year, anyway. Um, they're going to have to target the likes of your Dejan Arcees, the guys like um, Trindle, maybe even Sam Walker from the Roosters. But um, yeah, they're going to have to go and find someone who's not getting regular first-grade footy and try and get them into a spot. I, I don't think Sam Walker is a ridiculous price to come. I think Roosters don't hold players. They don't hold Generally players. Generally not, yeah. Um, well, look at Jackson Paul. He you're lasted, door, he lasted 17 yeah. rounds. Um, Sanders must been pretty good. We'll get to turbo. We'll get to what they do about Teddy next year. So potentially there's another, you know, they have a preseason with another five eight, and Geary takes a seven. I can see Sam Walker on the open market. Uh, otherwise, realistically, they're they're, they're meeting with uh, Young Fainu this week, who's a, is a super will be a superstar for more reports. But he's eight at seventeen eighteen, mm-hmm. needs to get up and going, uh, and is not a done deal yet. I believe the talk was he would be, but it's not yet. And I think Dolphins are, are looking at that. Uh, beyond that, I think. They've tried. They've expressed Braden Trindle. I don't think that's gone well, but I haven't heard anything since. And he'd be a great option. Um, other than that, I think you're looking, you're looking towards trying to get a Sexton, maybe a Pezzet, uh, who was very good in the weekend. You're looking. You got to try and find someone from that lower, the next echelon. Which is why I was actually a bit surprised they didn't try and swap Jacob Arthur when they were pushing off and going out the door. Yeah. Who again, classic Tigers, has come out and said he never wanted to leave the club. Funnily enough. Uh, also, fun story. The other halfback that was there last year never wanted to leave the club, but now he's playing for Newcastle. So they, they they do make their way into their own bed, the Tigers. But look, if I was making a dream, a wish list, obviously it'd be a George Williams. I believe he's re-signed a long-term deal in England. So hopefully, a, yeah, a Wellsby, a Dodd is your, is your ideals. Yep. Maybe an Aiden Caesar. I don't know how old Blake Austin is now, but Aiden, maybe an Aiden Caesar or someone for a year just to get you into the Fainu the Fainu era, but yeah, it's a, it all feels a bit far away still for the Tigers, as this will not look impressive on the YouTube. <laughs> Considering they've gone uh, gone about putting back putting together a pretty good back row and um, the pit, bits and pieces around someone that you need to to run the the show in the middle of the field, um, they've got you know they're pretty much there. They just need the that they're missing two they players, need the half a six and a seven. Yeah. Yeah, so. 
Um, and even if you had, and obviously Dewey doing it doesn't help, but. But he wasn't setting the world on fire at six either, so. Nah. They need a seven. Simple as that. They need to throw a million bucks. Like, if it's for a year, fucking beg, borrow and steal, Ben Hunt. Like, like or mm. someone like that. Yeah, yeah. They just need someone for a year, 18 months to get some youngsters in. But we don't have an answer. wants to come back, apparently. Yeah, sounds like roosters. But he'd be he'd be ideal for a year. Just for a year, he would. But anyway, Uh, anything else from the news, boys? Round seventeen kicked off with forty-eight to eighteen. The Dragons went down to the Warriors, who I believe this was the third straight twenty-point win from the Warriors. And as I said in a preview show, and I was very proud of my previews this week. I think I <laughs> nailed all of them. Uh, and who would have thought the Broncos would have cost me the perfect round? But anyway, uh, I like the fact the Warriors are now throwing the ball around, and they did just that one. Absolutely, they did. And it ended up being three tries for the Dragons, nine for the Warriors. Three out of three conversions, played six out of nine. 70% completion, played 72% completion. 537-plus run metres and 120-plus post-contact metres for the Warriors. Three line breaks to 10, 27 tackle bust to 32, seven offloads to 14. A force dropout from the Dragons. 350 tackles, played 297. 14 errors to 12. There's a bit of a theme this weekend. Everyone just seemed to be dropping the ball <laughs> every couple of minutes, but uh, we'll, we'll push on. Uh, two penalties conceded by the Dragons, four conceded by the Warriors. One ruck infringement to three and a sin bin for the Warriors. Uh 20 minutes into this game, I was pretty convinced that it was going to be pretty close for the majority mm. of it. Dragons actually showed up for 15, 20 minutes and were, were pushing the pushing the Warriors. A um, couple of really nice backline movements from both sides for tries. The first one with Dallin scoring in the corner and then Sloan and actually injecting himself for once and uh, stepping and beating a few people. But the last hour proved to be completely different <laughs> with the Warriors just running, <laughs> running roughshod over the Dragons for the next 60 minutes. This eight tries to two in the last hour of this match with um, Dallin, with Tenny Zalesniak bagging four of them. Like, he, had a, he had a lot of work to do on three of them too. Yeah, like, he did. Absolutely he, did. You uh, can't just say he was... He tiptoeing down sidelines and doing backflips. Uh, don't want to call him AJ, but he wasn't just AJing over the line there. He's he? been one of the best finishers in the in recent times. The last month or so, the way he's uh, finished off tries has been yeah. tremendous. Um the ability to draw defenders and catch and pass across the back line was fantastic from the Warriors in this game. Uh, what really struck a chord with me was the way that Chance was introducing himself into the line. It wasn't just always that overplay where you just yeah. run flat out and try to pick up men on the outside. He was playing with a bit of subtlety in the way that he engaged defenders. He'd, he'd, one time he'd burn them on the outside, the next time he'd hold up the play and... Um, and really draw two and three defenders on the inside shoulder, and then uh, once once engaged, he'd he'd hit the men on the outside. I, I really really enjoyed the way that he was <coughs> was engaging the the defensive line. <laughs> we've, we've got mutts here. They've come. Give them ports. <laughs> Get staffies. They said it'll be fun. They said. Yeah, the way that Get he two was staffies. Um, really joining the no, attacking line separately. Playing fast or slow was really impressive, I thought. And he's um, someone that the Raiders, I'm pretty sure, would be kicking themselves at the moment for not having at fullback for for the for the Canberra Raiders team because if they're really if they're missing anyone, they're missing a fullback at the moment. And he's been fan. Chance has been fantastic for the Warriors this year. Yeah. Um, but what Chance chiming in this game did was free Metcalf up. Yeah. So they played both sides. 
and uh, Metcalf looked the most dangerous he's looked, which I yeah, sort of suggested. I hoped he might. Uh, um, but he's he's got a bit of size. He just chimes in like a fullback. He's got pace. Acceleration. Yeah. For another day, he, he burns him on two of those half line breaks he makes and, yep. and streaks away. And um, I thought this was his best first grade showing, just about. Uh, well, it's fantastic. You'd, you'd yeah. know better than me last year when he did at the Sharks, but it wasn't heaps. No, he only had a couple of games. Yeah. Uh, there was one game that he absolutely tore it up, but he was playing centre, I'm pretty sure, at, uh, in that game. So. Mm. Um, hasn't had a lot of time in the halves He's recently. interesting because with Tamari, well, when you talk about the Tigers, Tamari the Martin. Tamari Martin, the Fartes coming back, Chanel Tavita Harris coming back, Harris Tavita coming back. Yep. Maybe a Tamari might be someone you could ask about. Yeah, or even Metcalf, depending Metcalf. on where they have them in, I don't their, think he's a in seven their city. Whereas maybe Martin can play. Yeah. I mean, uh, they did ask about Johnson. <laughs> Went well. Two of the, mo- the more. Um, <sighs> The two of the moments I enjoyed more out of anything in this game was the um, the the bomb for Walker to bring it down and then uh, Jackson Ford to sneak up behind him and just yeah. go, thank you, I'll take that, <laughs> and then run, run in the opposite direction and score underneath the post. That was a very entertaining moment in this game. And um, the Fanua Blake set up for Sean Johnson to score yeah. the try, They're charging onto a short ball, dragging in defenders, and then just a beautiful round-the-corner offload for Sean Johnson to score a try. They were probably... The two highlights that I took out of this game. The way people rave about Jackson Paulo, uh, not Jackson Paulo, uh, Junior Barlow's ball playing, eight, Fanil Blake's doing, <laughs> if not better than what he does. He's doing it through the line, whereas Paulo more so backs up and drops it back out the back yeah. rather than you know going over the top but of how people many, and like it, promoting the ball. Fanil Blake's what, scored three or four tries this year. Yep. Um, and Set up a couple. And But he's probably got three or four tries this as well. Yeah, absolutely. He'd probably even have more, to be honest. Mm. A couple of short balls, a couple of um, offloads. He's been tremendous this year. It's been um, close to career best form, but even then, he's um, the last couple of years he's been back to back. Have been really good for Fanua Blake. Um, I thought Lomax and Sloan had some nice touches. The rest of the back five were pretty poor for the Dragons. The problem um, with Sloan is it's literally touches. Yeah. Like it's not absolutely. It's, it's two touches. Yeah. yeah, two or three touches, and that's it. that's about it. Um, Francis Molo and Little were two of the stronger forwards for the Dragons in the middle. Laurie was very good again, as he is most weeks, as was Sullivan. I thought this was one of his better games that I've seen out of him in first grade. He was um, he was a dominant compared to Hunt, to be honest, in this game and um, and did a lot of the, a lot of the good things that the Dragons did. He was involved in. Um, Jack DeBellin was their best player again. Just there's gets through a mountain of work. There's, my note, there's two blokes I would even remotely wrap from the Dragons, and that's DeBellin's work. And little to a lesser extent, and and you're about to talk about it, so go for it. Yeah, Jack DeBellin just again up 40, 40 plus tackles, continually taking the ball up when nobody else is interested in getting involved in the middle of the field. He just he just gets through so much work week in and week out. It's been probably two months now where he's just got in and done all the hard stuff that nobody else wants to do for this Dragons team, which is part of the <laughs> big part of the reason why they're sitting where they're sitting on the ladder. Um, I thought. Pretty much all the 17 from the Warriors were good. Um, there wasn't really anyone that shirked their job. Uh, Dylan Walker and Sirenham were good off the bench. They had Sirenham a big impact good, yeah. off, off the bench, um, which they do most weeks. But, yeah, they, they had a big impact in this game. Toru Harris and Ford were very good again, which just continually happens week after week. Ford's, I think he's pretty much modelled himself on Toru Harris. They're both playing very similar roles well, at the moment. And he came from... The set the he came from the Dragons. Yeah, he did. And look at what he's When he was a prodigy, he was one of the young kids that but come he's a, through. But he's now, it's holes as good as anyone. Everyone was talking about. It's true work. Yeah. Uh, 
And he's a dangerous, dangerous ball runner. Yeah, absolutely is. Um, I want to wrap the other one, the other back row. Uh, Nick, I love, I really love what Nick Corey's doing this year. He and just I, takes I, too many heads with him. That's well, a, that's the fact a that he has to spend ten minutes every game in the bin doesn't help. But it, again, he, every run counts with him. Like yeah. he did some, some, and, and, most and, of and his defensive work. But yeah. there always that sort of forty, that forty out run, and it gets you to, it gets him to the twenty, yeah, 15, like it's a 20 fifteen meters, twenty yeah. meter run every. T- it's just they count when he runs. Yeah. He doesn't top heaps. I think so they said this years. week was his fifth fifth charge, three high tackles and two dangerous yeah. contacts or something. So, so he's built himself a bit of a rap sheet. It, but, it's, um, it's not ideal, especially when you've got Mitch up your sleeve as well. But he is very aggressive in what he does, and he, he does it well. But um, they are. But he, he's been fan, he's he. This is better than any of anything he ever produced for power. Yeah. And Torhu Harris was struggling for the majority of the game. He was hobbling around for a good mm. parts of the time he was out there, but still did plenty of work. I think he got a 15-minute rest at the end, but... Probably well due. <laughs> you might even need a game off shortly, but we'll see what happens there. Um, Chance and Metcalf, as we mentioned, were very important in the attack for the for um, for the Warriors. But it was Sean Johnson and Fanua Blake again. It was a Sean Johnson was, show, yeah. and it was laid. But the platform was laid. But he was um, absolutely fantastic. His well, kicking was, was a Dallin show. <laughs> Dallin was the one putting on the show, but Sean yeah. Johnson was the one just feeding him little half volleys so he could even, smack him over the Even I was impressed by Dallin, weren't you? Lionel Richie <laughs> doing backflips, scoring tries. Dallin with Tenny Zalesniak on Friday night, <laughs> Thursday night, Friday night. The Warriors winger. But yeah, Sean Johnson and Fanua Blake were the ones oh, no, that you weren't even home. constructed everything <laughs> through the middle of the field for this team. Just Dallin around. Oh. Yeah, right. She controls the dogs at least. <laughs> Go on. No, as I said, Sean Johnson and Fanua Blake were the ones in the middle of the field that were constructing everything that was going on good for the guys outside them. So. Jeez, oh, yeah. Uh, Sean Johnson, career best for, like career best for. It's getting, know, he, getting to that point, yeah. Um, and he had a rough first 20 minutes. First 20, like, oh. I think the first three or four games and he then, was a bit iffy as well, but ever but since once he clicked sort of round five game, or whatever it is. Once they got the ascendancy, he was just superb. Everything he touched turned to gold. Uh, even when it didn't, when he touched it and someone else snatched it, it turned to gold. So, <laughs> uh, as you said, uh, uh, he was brilliant. Um, I put it. I, I mentioned there were Tigers forward pack. What is about f- about a month ago? Uh, are they the best? And, and they, they've fucked it all up ever since. Not through the fault of their own. It's through the everyone else around them, uh, mainly their management. Um, are this is this the best forward pack in the comp? Yes, unless uh, unless everyone in the Brisbane packs go on at the same time. This is the best for I, I I agree with you. Uh, you know what the Warriors are, and and it hit me in this game. The Warriors are the team. Warriors will make the grand final. I'm not saying they're going to but they feel like a, the grand final team. They feel like the they feel how do you say they the, feel the semi final team, the team you got to get past. They to get feel to the like the pantomime. To the prem, like the pantomime bad guy in the when whoever wins the comp, <laughs> they're gonna have to beat the Warriors. Like every year, there's always that, and it's usually the Warriors. Like for the time, she's the Warriors last year was Paramount. They're that team that makes it, but no one really thinks they're gonna win the comp. But I think they're gonna win. I can see them making a grand final, and if all and they can win a they, they can win the comp. You know what you've just done to them. Yeah, they're dead. They're gonna miss the eight, Look man. at South. <laughs> South are gonna win the comp uh, two months ago. ago. They haven't won yeah, a game since. Brisbane ago. have just the wheels are just fallen off and. Fucking hell. But the Warriors, I can see going all the way. You declared the Broncos last year, wasn't it? They won one game after you declared won one game after the comp. And, and, I, and I declared South said this they've won one game. About since. a month ago, yeah. So uh, if you've got Betfair, just get on everyone. Open my mouth. 
they but they can make it. I I just see them as a grand final team now. They got they got every piece that you need. Great fullback, great halves. Uh, not a championship. Yeah, I think yet, they they, they win the worst the first week of the finals and then you stack if you get, up where if, they're if at. If you after get into that, yeah, but. if you get into a shitty one of those shitty prelim finals where it's just a slog, the forward pack can dig them through it. Uh, if it's one where they blow open, they can score points. Yeah, they, they you know you'd probably like an A grade center to declare them as a great team, but their centers are more than serviceable. Doing a job. Um, so I, I I am calling it here. I, I'm not saying they're going to win the comp, but I think they'll make the grand final. There you go. I gave Dallin three points. Uh, I had Fanua Blake for the two actually, just because of the amount of work he got through, and I thought he was instrumental at the very beginning of this game, laying the platform and the busting holes in the middle of the field to get them to where they needed to be, and then Sean Johnson he just tuned everything up. With the one point, but. I'm with you. I, I well, the, the three I had for one were I, I had well, I had the interchangeables. The two of you had mentioned were Tohu and Chans. Um, Honorary mentioned Chans and Tohu gets the Tohu award every week. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm happy to go with that. Stop asking so many fucking questions. Yes, I recorded that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yes, everyone agrees. <laughs> All right, uh, forty-eight to eighteen. The no, forty-eight to twenty was the score in the Parramatta game. Parramatta, uh, I think it was forty-two-four at half time, and then the Qs well and truly went into <laughs> rack barn. What the stats say? Four tries to eight, two out of four conversions played, eight out of eight, sixty-three percent completion for the Dolphins, eighty-one percent for the Parramatta side, six hundred eighty-eight plus running meters and one hundred ninety-three plus post-contact meters for the Eels. Four line breaks to twelve, twenty-four tackle busts to twenty-six. They must have just been scoring untouched. Yeah. <laughs> and they were. Because they weren't breaking like tackles. They're just scoring without anyone touching I them. I feel like but fucking Penasini had 26 tackle busts in his yeah, two tries. Absolutely. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, four offloads to 13. One force dropout from the Dolphins, three from Parramatta. 359 tackles played 251. 12 errors to nine. Two penalties conceded to three. The attitude was completely different between these two sides. For the first 10 minutes or so, it was competitive. Um, young young uh, McGrady scored early and um, looks like he's got a decent pair of feet on him. Good, yeah, Some good right. movement. and you know, Obviously a later debut, 26 or whatever, but you should see a couple of years out of him. Um, between now and the end of his career in first grade, I would imagine. But it's uh, hard to – like they're hard to – I was actually – like I just thought about asking you that. and they, um, But like what do you say? He finished well, he'll, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. He seems strong enough, um, got some decent footwork. It just depends where he fits in the first-grade side somewhere. Someone will pick him up as a, as a starting centre, I would imagine, or a winger at some point. Um, as soon as Parramatta scored their first try, the Dolphins just seemed to fucking go, oh, well, <laughs> here we go. This is this is going to happen again, and we're just going to get rolled again. Mm. For the third week in a row, I think it is. that They've just basically turned up. And, um, yeah, that would make old man Wayne happy. I'm very sure, I'm sure he'd be doing backflips about their attitude for the last three weeks because <laughs> that's what they've built their season on. They've been so good d- during this year based on attitude and, you know, grit and determination, and it's gone out the window the last three weeks. I'm not sure what's going on there. Tank's but empty, I've told you. Yeah, yeah, you're probably correct. It seems that way anyway. You do have to commend Parramatta, though. Some of the line running that they were doing early in this game was fucking ferocious. Like They were hitting the ball at such pace that I don't think many teams would have stopped them at different times. 
the way Penasini was coming onto the ball for for his two tries, as you mentioned, just leaving blokes in his, in their wake. Hopgood was fantastic in the middle of the field in this game. Uh, he opened them up himself a couple of times as well, which led directly to points for, for well, himself. Like, and, that, and was, they were, that was soft stuff, though. Mm. Like the yeah. promiches. But that offload for the first one. Oh, uh, yeah, the yeah, short yeah. ball, sorry, yeah. for the first one. And the, yep. the line that was run there was fantastic. Um, I think he put Cartwright away, who in turn put Penasini away down the other side of the field as well. He was amazing in this game. He's been a worker for a long time, but you can just see that there's a bit of subtlety in some of the ball skills he's got as well, which is really coming to the fore. And I think, but I think that's how you um, players like that, and especially these ball playing looks, you get you build your foundations first. Mm. Uh, you look at even your Carrigans and Yos, you build your foundations, and then once you know your your, your game back to front. You add the subtleties to it. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And he's doing that. He's doing it, and he's doing it very quickly. Yep. Yeah, they um they did demolish this Dolphins uh, defensive lines in the first half, obviously, until, you, as you said, they shut up shop in the second half and didn't really seem all that interested in trying to put on 60 or 70, which I think they could have if they if they really come out and, and put it away with it. But um, Even when they're getting dominated, somehow Osako and Hammer seem to find a way into the game. Yeah. It doesn't matter how badly they're getting beaten. Hammer well, just good seems to find a try, and Osako <laughs> seems to be able to make line breaks and run 50 metres and put other people away for tries. Um, I love the way that Hammer runs. He just looks so balanced. It's like It just looks like perfection when he gets yeah. away and in the clear. He's just so balanced, and the way he moves is so smooth. Um, there's not really many blokes to mention out of this Dolphin side. I... I not many of them did great. As I mentioned, McGrady was pretty nice to boo. Um, Valence Tafare had a decent game. Uh, he had a couple of nice touches. Just found himself in the right place to, to really make do damaging runs at the right yep, time. More absolutely. Than anything, which Ken, is half the problem. Kenny Bromwich was very good, um, I thought. And Jesse Bromwich and Osako were even better. But Hammer was the really the most productive and the most threatening player from the Dolphins side. Simonson and Arcee did a nice job out on the on the edges there for Parramatta. Um Paulo and Cartwright were very good, but um, yeah, Gutho and Penasini were excellent. They just seemed to be causing all sorts of problems, especially down that right edge, which um, the left edge in defence for the Dolphins, they carved that side up. And then um, Moses and Hopgood were just brilliant. Yeah, What they did in the middle of the field was similar to Fanua Blake and Johnson in the previous game where one set the foundation and the other one just jumped on the back of it and did all the um, constructive ball playing on the back of that. So. Thanks, bud. You have left no meat in the bones for me because you've covered <laughs> everything there. So I don't know what that. You're right. Yes, that is what happened. Uh, I, I, Gutho, Gutho is now, I said it last week, like he's going to run the Quinella in the Dallium. You're going to get close. Can't yeah. see how he doesn't, either doesn't win if he doesn't, Sean Johnson does because they both I didn't are give him a point here, but. I did, <laughs> but uh, we can debate it. Um, I actually gave Penasini three. There you go. Huh? I thought he was brilliant. I thought he's, um, Line running, the fact he no, actually gave Gutho three, but you've two, yeah, but a little bit. But uh, <laughs> but he's like he, the way he hit holes. That like I said, these tackle busting, he broke more than three tackles. I know that. Um, right place, right time, pace, a uh, couple of nice hits in defence. He just produced a as good a centre game as you'll see until the next game, actually. But um, <laughs> uh, I assume you're gonna give Hopgood three. Yeah, yeah I thought Hopgood fine. was fucking tremendous yeah, in this I, game. I will allow you that. Especially early in the game when it was sort of a bit competitive. He was the guy that was, you know, throwing short balls to put people away and then busting the line on off his own bat. Made up near forty tackles, I'm pretty sure as well, without too many misses. And um, yeah, some of his ball playing was fantastic. 
Um, I had Panasini for two, and then I had either Moses uh, Hammer or Gutherson for the one. But give it to Gutho because he uh, he well end of the day when you put forty points in the first half, he was involved in the first twenty, and I sort of am leaning that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had a question for us. Your analogy, you just the thing you asked us before about para in winning the comp and shit. Oh yeah, so my. Fuck, one mate. of my associates one at, job. at work, he, uh, <laughs> he, he, he rates, he's a para fan, yeah. and he, he thinks if they finish top four, they're going to run away with it. They'll win the premiership if they finish top four. It might be a bit of a struggle if it's just top eight, but top four, he's confident that they're going to run away with it. He doesn't rate Panthers being the three-peat champions, but he, he thinks Eels, the way they're going, if they peak at the right time, he's confident Gutho's going to get him over the line. They've put yeah. together a good month of footy, a very good month of football, considering where they've come from. Uh, they were they were diabolical at the start of the year. They couldn't beat time with a stick for the first five or six weeks of this competition. I think a bit of that's got to do with um, a dummy half moving on and a young fella coming through to create Amazing, a, isn't a it? bit more ball speed in and around the ruck. Of the, <laughs> in and around the ruck. Yeah. But, um, yeah, at their absolute best, Parramatta is as good a shot as anyone. Uh, if they can get themselves to a grand final and in form and not um, put up another performance like they did in the grand final last year, um, yeah, that I can see them getting very close. I'm still not c- completely sold that they win the comp. I would call Parramatta the, and I hate to say it because it's a bit of a cliche, I would call Parramatta the, like the complete dark horses that, yes, they can beat anyone in a day. Uh, and they can make top eight because I think the wheels are about to fall off a lot of teams uh, yeah, and, and are. Absolutely. And they will. They'll be fine during that. Uh, they've got a, a workhorse pack that's now clicking. Uh, Joffa's a big... Joffa will get them through some tough times as we get deeper into those games as well. Uh, he hasn't played a lot yet, but when you look at the bench even, Madison, uh, with Madison and Offen Gower coming on, be able to play, they can both play 80 if they need to, but being able to play 45 to 60, high quality, yep. rest their props, and uh, and the throwing cart right is good. You've got Sean Lane to come back. It was back row of the year last year, just about. And... Uh, and Hop goods work. Um, <clears throat> I can absolutely see them going deep. It would need to be, uh, if I was going to we'll put it this way, I'll, I'll tip. I'll tip the Warriors against them right now. There's not any team in this comp at the would, moment that there's I, no, there's I see no standout as the, the because winner. Yeah. If, you can yeah. only if you say if you're going to say it's Penrith, I wouldn't argue. But Penrith aren't. They just factually aren't it's as good as they were last white, year. No Cleary at the moment as well. Uh, which, and, and but they've been winning, which yeah. is the main thing. But if Para get into a weird game where it's a para-style game where it's 36-32 and last try wins, they can win a comp in that way. That's, yep. I think that's their go. As you know, the finals is a completely different comp again. So yeah. it all starts again. Once you get to finals time, you can, you can forget about everything that's and happened. And the old cliche, you're always better for the, the one year. you lose. And yada, yeah. yada, yada. If, if para find themselves in the grand final, I, do. I think they win it. I think they win it against anybody. They're, they're smarter from, from their loss. If they win the comp this year or next... The conversation seriously needs to be had about whether Mitchell Moses is better than Nathan Cleary. Definitely, I agree. If that, if they were to win the comp, I'm not saying right now. I'm not. Please do not quote me. Don't get angry, <laughs> Penrith fans. I'm with, saying, with, with should the premiership that happen, behind them, with the premiership behind them, you need to you ask got a question. The conversation. Definitely, that'll get people angry for no apparent reason. <laughs> the Penrith Panthers played next, though. They beat the Newcastle Knights, much to Christian Walsh's surprise, uh, twenty to twelve. <laughs> Um, and he wasn't wrong. They had no one. No, uh, so Penrith reverse grade, uh, Penrith reserve grade twenty to twelve over Newcastle. Stats, man. Four tries to two. Two out of four conversions played. Two out of two for Newcastle side. Ninety percent completion from the Panthers. 
62% for the Knights. 542-plus running metres and 150-plus post-contact metres for the Penrith side. Five line breaks to three. 59 tackle busts to 45. So <laughs> I would have hated to be the bloke to keep keep score of the missed tackles in this game because you got over 100 there. He's uh, out with RSI now. <laughs> 10 offloads to 13. Three force dropouts from the Penrith side. 307 tackles played 397. Nine errors to 14. One penalty conceded by Penrith. Six conceded by Newcastle. Two ruck infringements against Penrith. Two inside the 10 against Newcastle side. And Hetherington managed to get himself sin-binned <laughs> once again. I... I uh... <laughs> I'm sure he's a nice fellow off the field. I'll just leave it as that. <laughs> Mate, he does some stupid shit. Yeah, I'll just leave it as that. I think Newcastle would have been disappointed. They let in a well, couple of soft tries in this one, to be honest. Like the sorry, just looking, um, sorry to cut you off there. I'm no, no, Adam no. Elliott missed 12 tackles. Did you mention that? No. I Adam Elliott know. missed 12 tackles. Wow. Ponga, eight. Gamble, eight. Kurt Mann, five, which is good for him. Uh, <laughs> it's good for him. Hastings, five, which is bad for him, actually. Uh, they all missed plenty. That This was this was a... Bad, bad effort, and but even giving away that field position and uh, the 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 possession to Penrith by missing those tackles in the middle middle of the field, some of these tries should never have been scored in first grade. No, <laughs> like the um the one that the ball bounces down and there's one Newcastle player there and there's three Penrith players there and it, you know so Peachy ends up scoring that one. There's a dive over from dummy half which gets me every time, especially when you've got two guys set down low. You know, yeah. occasionally you sneak one, but for it to happen week in week in week in week out against your side, that just tells me there's an effort and you know a, a responsibility that somebody's not taken to get down and, and make sure that doesn't happen because he had to struggle his way over the line too. It wasn't like he just busted clear and got. Got a, got in from dummy half. He had to push his way over two and three blokes to get there. Um, yeah, Penrith were very good in the fundamentals. You know, they they went back to their traditional keep hold of the ball, kick him to death, play by you know beat him by a thousand cuts, and they did. They wore him down, and by the end of the game, Newcastle had nothing left. And that's you know when Penrith aren't exactly um, humming in attack, that's what they do. They you know lock up the ball, play field position and possession, and that they did that quite well. But um, it didn't. Newcastle didn't look threatening at all uh, in this game. Again, they're missing a thirteen or a six. One of the two. They're, both. Miss, they're missing a link. Yeah, well, both. But one of them would help at least. <laughs> like there's a link between the dummy half. It gets to the seven, and then there seems to be nothing with Ponga floating out wide. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the, it doesn't get there fast enough, or it gets mixed up with the front row or a back row getting in the way, and the ball hits the ground or. It doesn't hit Ponga when it should for them to be able to link up with the guys out wide. Half of me says that Hastings would be better off just kicking a Dom Young for, for most of Every the game. Time, yeah. Like just bob it over there to that big bloke and hope that he catches it or just really get it put through the hands and try to get Marzu to barge over somebody in the in the in on the other wing because there doesn't seem to be much else happening for this attack in the Newcastle side. That is their attack. <laughs> their attack is... Okay, just quick, just... Oh, and Frizzell tries to hit a hole every now and then, but you've now we've now seen Hastings for two years, and he got his first try here, so good for him. He did, and well deserved. Uh, it's been that his first try since he's come back from England. Is he is he a seven? Yeah, I think so. In a good team, he'd be a good seven for the Tigers. He's got a pretty pretty decent kick game. Defense, fair enough. Um, his running game leaves a bit to be desired, but if you if you're on the front foot, that comes. A little bit easier, so surely Lockie, surely Lockie Miller 
has I to don't add know why he's here. not getting a crack. I really sure, don't. Like they don't know. But but in terms of so back to your first thing. Well, you put him in. I don't know against how to Tyson Gamble at the moment. I'm going to ask you a question. You oh. hate me asking you questions. It's on record. Go ahead. <laughs> um, but this went for this team went from, and I am on record of saying in about round six, this was one of my favourite teams to watch this year. Yeah, they were attacking powerhouse. Block yeah. nothing. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know where they're going. How did the team lose that? What what happened? Ponga came back. <laughs> Ponga came back. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. He's he's been when he is effective, he's very good. But they know exactly what's happening. Yeah, sweet with Miller line. there, they didn't. Miller was getting into the middle of the field. He wasn't scared to take it through the guts occasionally. Yeah. If there was an inside ball, he'd be there to take that. You don't see Ponga backing up on the inside from the forwards. You just you just don't see it. All you see is a sweep on either side and a cutout pass, which Miller had as well. But Miller didn't mind cutting back on an angle and taking a hit where. You don't, you don't see it from Ponga. So they, they already know what shape's coming just about every time that Newcastle get the ball out past the seven. So They're not going to move Hastings, but as I said last year, there, there is a school of thought that I've read and, and a very good school of thought that Hastings would be a great dummy half. Yep. Um, but then moving, maybe they've got to, and I never want to suggest anyone needs to be out of a job or that they're not a good football. They're all much better footballers than will ever be. Absolutely. But is it time to forget Kurt Mann? Forget Phoenix Crossland or back Phoenix Crossland elsewhere. Well, Crossland's been try, going all right And at try nine, gamble but. at nine. Gamble at nine and then try and get Lock, try Lockie Miller at six for a game. Like, you've got nothing to lose now. I don't understand why they haven't tried it already. We're now, we're now, and we're also now four years into our, our good mate Ad, uh, Adam O'Brien's coaching career. And I'd suggest he won't be employed next year should this continue. We've yeah, said that before. I'm very but. surprised Holbrook got the ass first, to be honest. Mm. Well, yeah. Uh, I, it just, I know, and I know we haven't analysed this game particularly, but it's, I don't have much to say about the game. They played like dog shit. Well, neither team really took any sort of advantage to being in good field position. Um, they both really struggled in attack, and they struggled even worse in defence. It was a pretty, pretty much a plunger of a game. Yeah. This one, um, there's a couple of guys who had some really nice efforts, but the attack was just so poor. Like whenever the whenever they were in good field position, the the it just got shut down. Whether it was errors or just miscommunications or blokes running around in circles and getting tackled, it was just a continual continuum of that happening time and time again for so both the, sides. The two the two most dangerous players for Penrith were the centres, yeah, Tango and, and Tyron Peachy's Peachy now suddenly a world bit, suddenly in New South Wales form now he's not wearing <laughs> orange and black. Um, and Tango was um, ten, just like his ten tackle busts. He was um, fantastic getting in and doing. He tried his absolute ass off. I don't think I've ever seen him do as much work as he did in this game. Yeah. To be honest with um, Isaac Targo, Gagai and Crossland were busy for Newcastle, but really had no punch sort of anywhere else. Marzu was the best of the back five again, two hundred plus running meters, just coming in and doing that dummy half work that nobody else seems to want to do. Um, Jacob Saifidi had a decent game. So did Hastings, but there was nothing else around them. Uh, young Dylan Lucas had a very impressive game again. He's had, good, he's had a decent He's up enough, near yeah. 50 tackles again uh, for the third week in a row, I think it is, and probably even a cheapie to look at in Supercoach if you want someone who's going to be putting out 50 and 60 each week at a pretty cheap price, maybe someone you might bring in. No, good chat. It's sort of part, past that point of the season now, but <laughs> for, yeah. for a cheap price, why not? Um, Frizzell was the best night. Like Tyson Frizzell was the best for Newcastle by a fair way. He has been for the majority of the season. You know what you're going to get out of him. Um, Fisher, Harrison, Hoskins had big games for Penrith, I thought. They they had a big impact on the way this went in the middle of the field. Sorensen and Edwards were, were fantastic again. They just very rarely miss a beat. These, 
the rise of Sorensen to a first picked back rower is, is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's actually the sort. Better get angry about this. <laughs> if you're picking a New South Wales team and you got Yo Murray, you got same, 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 same on the bench. Sorensen, someone with footwork and a point of difference, it could actually maybe be different. Hopgood, Sorensen, yeah, similar sort of mould. Yeah. Oh yeah, Hopgood is a Queenslander. Yeah, but Sorensen, yeah, yeah. Abs- absolutely. Gets footwork, the line, can skip, can barrel pace. through, can offload, can do everything. He's just fantastic, is he? Yep. Um, you mentioned Targo and Peachy. They had a real big impact on this game. I thought Cogger was critical in this game. Mm-hmm. His kicking game was fantastic. Again, I've mentioned it for the last three weeks since um, he's been in that halfback role. While he doesn't get in there and do all the dirty stuff in the middle of the field and he's not throwing flashy cutout passes, everything he does is um, pretty clinical, especially his kicking game. It was fantastic. Well, again the Tigers have week. inquired, so hey. <laughs> Whatever that means. Yeah. I had Peachy with three. I did too, and um, we should spend more time on that. that he, he, he breaks tackles. He was throwing blokes around. His defence, he was stopping them down. Yeah. Um, both, is it two tries or two, a try and assist? Try and a try assist. We're both yeah. um, single efforts. Like he just said, fuck it, I'll just borrow and go here. And um, I agree, Tyron Peachy, deservedly three points. I had um, Cogger with the two in his kicking game and well, the way Peachy's he got now, around the field. Peachy's now putting Sonny Luke in jeopardy. Because yeah. once they're full strength... Um, You'd keep him at 14. Sonny Luke's putting himself in a bit of well, jeopardy he as hasn't, well. He hasn't. <laughs> he just re-signed, so good on him. He's getting paid. He um, hasn't set the world on fire at all. Um, and I had Targo or Frizzell for the one. Yeah, Tango. Probably go with Targo. Yep. Tango. Agree, yeah. agree, agree. Uh, 24 to 6. This game took forever to get going. <laughs> uh, not necessarily in a bad way. But uh, that was Melbourne defeating the Seagulls here, who... Again, proved to have not much left in the, in the tank once um, the fire was put to the belly. But uh, yeah. what did the stats say? We had five tries to one, two out of five conversions played, one out of one for Manly. 79% completion played 76%, 181 running metres. Positive for the Storm side, six line breaks to four. What the hell have I written down here? 30 tackle busts to 40, six offloads to nine, one forced dropout to three, 360 tackles played 306 for the Manly side, 11 errors to 10, four penalties conceded from both sides, two ruck infringements against both sides. It's a bit of a rough and tumble for the first 15 minutes, that feeling out period that you get generally between two teams that are a little apprehensive and don't want to throw the ball around too much at the start of the game. Uh, Really went at each other through the middle of the field. I think DCE's kicking game probably kept Manly in the game more in that 15 minutes than their forwards did. Oh, I thought absolutely. Storm absolutely. And the first try was... Storm DCE. did have the edge there um, in the forward pack, but DCE's kicking game got them the field position that they needed to get down there and um, the nice little grubber for Amole to score the first try and Manly didn't look like scoring another point for the rest of the game. They were on the back foot for the entirety, just working through their defence. Garrick, I think, saved three or four tries off his own bat in this game. <laughs> like yes. They were absolutely carved open and Garrick somehow managed to make a one-on-one tackle and put someone into touch or just completely stop him dead. He he was one of, well, he was the best for Manly, I think, in this game. He was fantastic. But, yeah, he he saved them from getting embarrassed, I thought. I thought this could have been 50 or 60. It probably should have been. Um, I've just realised Luke Brooks's issue. He's gone from one club with terrible salary cap management <laughs> an average at best roster by the large part carried by four blokes to another club that's going to have average poor salary cap management, probably a coaching change in the next two years. Uh, 
losing a world-class halfback, uh, a fullback that's never on the field. It's like <laughs> on paper, it looks rosy. Like Brooks, uh, Brooks DCE Turbo, amazing. But most of the time, it's going to be Brooks Schuster, <coughs> Tupalutu, and a bunch of geeks. It, like it's <laughs> he's getting paid. So again, more power to him. But man, this Jake, team, this Jake team might be hanging around there. Somewhere. Jake will make some tackles, which is always nice. But this team adds nothing, and, and really, when they when they're at their best, they do. But here, they have nothing to the imagination. They've been at their best maybe four times this year, I think, and, and, and one by fifty. Four of them were yeah. were pretty resounding wins, but yeah. um, every other time they yeah seem to get beaten and beaten pretty comp- comprehensively, which happened in this game. Um, I thought Warbrick again put in another good shift. That that He's, pass that he threw out yeah. of his ass back for Jerome Hughes <laughs> yeah. to score the first try was um yeah. Was very but good. he's now fulfilling everything we thought he would in pre-season when we were like all over him for super coach and he said because he's a big body, he's a tackle break, he's physical, yeah. and he's very timid to start with. But now he, he is everything we hoped he'd be. He was just trying to sort of catch and dive over the line, but now he's quite happy yeah. to take on three blokes and yeah. throw them around a bit. As I mentioned, Garrick saved probably three or four tries in this game, but um, just to go back to something you said earlier, he was Harvey Norman when Nelson went through the fucking line. <laughs> <laughs> Don't Absolutely no interest. Oh, Jesus, he stepped me. Oh, my God, no. <laughs> he stepped off the right foot and gone past me. I can't touch him. <laughs> oh, no. I can't get in front of him and try to stop him. Oh, no. <laughs> that was tremendous. The way he just went through the line and Garrick just sort of was running. You see him sort of go, should I turn back inside here? And he just went, nah, fuck that. I'm not getting in front of this bike. <laughs> I'll just pretend I got beaten with the sidestep. It was, it was pretty good. Um, mainly did really have a go. Like, at times they were really, you know, putting in a lot of effort, but they just could not go anywhere near this <laughs> this Melbourne side. Jerome Hughes was on another planet. He was fantastic in this game. His kicking game was sublime. Uh, some of his running and passing was fantastic as well, and he was a big part of pretty much every try that they scored. Um, they would have been a probably been a real close game without Jerome Hughes out there, to be honest. But Man, sevens are now like it, it's now quarterback level. Uh, getting close, in NFL. Yeah. and it's as I said it in the a few weeks back in the Tigers Melbourne game. Hughes plays for Tigers. They probably win that game. You see it here, uh, a different here because they had DC, but man, they were, it was a different class. Right. But you see, it, you've, the best the best five halfbacks in the game end up being uh, the top five in the in when we get to the end of the year. Watch, you'll see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's when Sean Johnson's now on fire. So Warriors are now finished top four. The defensive collapses for Manly again were pretty um, pretty worrying if you're the coach. The amount of times they got broken open in the middle of the field. And you know who the defensive couple coach is on the edges, Madge. No? Who's that? Flanagan. Flanagan. Oh, good. So he'll fix all the Dragons' problems next year. <laughs> That's right. Matches down at Canberra. Matches down we'll at Canberra. We'll get to him. Well, they've been okay in defence. Yeah, they've been all right in defence. <laughs> but, yeah, they, they just kept happening again, similar to last week, especially back through the middle of the field with the changes of angles. They just don't seem to be able to move sideways at all. And they get, they get caught out from it. Um, I thought Woods was okay off the bench for Manly. Crocker and Paseca were, were good. Um, DCE's kicking was about the most impressive thing of the night, apart from Ruben Garrick. Ola Kawadu did his job. Uh, you know, he wasn't overly impressive. Garrick worked all night and was easily their best. Warbricks and Coates were very good for, for Melbourne. They both finished well. Didn't have to do much apart from jump over people. <laughs> Warbricks' pass was nice back yeah. to years, but um, Grant was decent without being, you know, he hasn't been himself this year. He hasn't been dominating games like he did last year, but 
we may see that in the next next month or so, but we'll, we'll see what happens there. Josh King, Welch, and Nelson Asofa Solomona were brilliant in this game, and they set this game up for for the Melbourne Storm. And Hughes jumped off on the back of that and did all the um, the fancy stuff to put the <laughs> put the guys over for points. The other bloke, only other one, you haven't mentioned again. You've, you've got left. You haven't left much for me, <laughs> but um, I really like uh, Pezet's Pezet. day out. Yeah. Uh, he looks silky at times. He's fast, uh, as that last try suggested, but. Uh, even that kick that um, – just the time of that kick to sit up for the one yeah. in the corner. I know there's a bit of luck involved, but that was a nice kick. Just some silky – just um, silky is the word that comes he to mind. He did sit back at times, but what he did but was very did, polished. But, but yeah, yeah. that's his job. Yeah, like, it's not, he's not here to – but, again, if you're looking – if you're a club out there looking to find a half, you'd do worse yeah. than go and invest in someone like him. put some guys through holes, put in some really nice kicks. Yeah. Some, yeah, some very nice polished work. No, he, um, he was good here. Uh, but I assume you're going to uh, – what do you take from this? So the, the – Seagulls don't worry about the storm rolls on. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, they just go onwards and upwards, and in a comp where everyone's falling apart, they're just again going to be the stock standard storm. Yeah, somewhere between third and sixth, I would imagine mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, they're going to be good enough to beat ninety percent of the competition on most weekends. Um, yeah, throw Munster in on fire and Grant on fire. They're going to challenge anyone <laughs> at their absolute best. So oh, I think they're a good. They're we had big question marks around their front row, but um, all around the, the middle of the field. But Nass has been supporting them quite well on his own. Welch now is Welsh starting is to come into some really Welsh. good form, and Josh King has just gone to another level. He's now yeah. rubber stamping himself as a first. But like, it, top once grade you get into those deep um, prelim final yeah. fights, Tarek Sims will is someone that's been there, done it, and I think we'll have one more, two more fights. You know. Not as good as I once was. You might see, you know, 20 minutes of some games where they do get dominated in the middle mm. of the field, and that's where teams are going to have to be. But it's happened less this year yeah. than it happened last year when they had a better fought back. And teams are going to have to be good enough to sort of strike when that does back. happen. But, yeah. Got your Katoa at some point will come back too. Um, yeah, they feel very much – they actually, I think they're quite comparable to para. Everything we said about para is about them. You, they – and they're probably a safer bet. The pack's probably not as good, but they they yeah. do have they've got a bit more strike in their style, around their the style spine. of play. A, a wacky loose game is right up Munster and Hughes' alley. Chuck a Pappenhausen in round twenty two or something. Yeah, I reckon. I don't reckon he plays this year. I don't think he does either. But they keep saying he's coming back. So. Yeah, we're gonna say something. Uh, <laughs> gonna say I, I assume you're giving three to Hughes, are you? Yeah, I am. I had Jerome Hughes as the man of the match. I had Nelson as the the second option, and then. I had three guys to pick from out of Welch, King, or Garrick for the one. That's a good one. Give, <laughs> give it to Walsh because I think Walsh has been low key good this year, and we haven't really, us prop lovers, haven't really paid him due respect. Last month he's been getting better week after week. The game week. where he took yeah. on um, was it the Titans? He went toe to toe. He was good, and I think ever since he's fired up a bit, Oop. and he's still up Queensland's leave in case he ever needs someone. Poor buggers. <laughs> I just watched, watched Dave Warner um, try and slog sweep someone. I thought it must be a road, and I realised it was Ollie Robinson bowling. So, <laughs> fair enough. He was just and then he just dropped it. Um, Paul's doing it a bit off broad. Yeah. I like Stuart Broad. There you go. There you go. Controversial as a bowler. He reminds me of the old Dagster back in the day. <laughs> Similar action. What could have been, eh? Eighteen to twelve. My round was ruined by the Broncos, who lost to the Titans. Uh, probably shouldn't have, in fairness, but what did the stats say? Yeah, we had two tries to three, two out of two conversions, played two out of three for the Titans, and one out of one penalty attempt for the Titans. 
80% completion from both teams. Six line breaks to five. 48 tackle busts played 44. 14 offloads for the Broncos, six for the Titans. A forced dropout from the Broncos side. 330 tackles played 311. 11 errors to 12. Seven penalties conceded to four. Two ruck infringements to four. This game was a bit of a hard watch, I thought, at times. Yes. Apologies to everyone I just burped in their ear. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> I generally did, uh, but Alex was on mute, so apologies for that. Anyway, go carry on. It's a bit of a hard watch, I think, at times. Um, everything just seemed, as soon as anything seemed to start to happen, it just broke down through penalties, errors, uh, ruck infringements, all that kind of rubbish that yes. just really stopped the flow of the game. First half, I, I, I you know, I don't necessarily want to call him a cunt, but uh, I'm allowed to say that on this show. I've just never said that on this show. No, you've never said this But this I, show. I don't think it was Chris Butler's best showing, in fairness. <laughs> He's, he seems um, to have a habit of letting teams get away with too much shit in the ruck, to be honest, and it just makes the game... Well, it makes games worse because then it niggles yeah. through the back. But then the back end, realistically, Brisbane should have won this game by fucking 18 points. And they had... Oh, I don't say 18. 12. I'm going to say 12. Six. Uh, but they should have won this game. They had, what, three disallowed in about 10 minutes... Uh, a, a drop ball led to a Pereira try. Admittedly, so did Titans, but there was so much garbage that led to it all that um, it just made for a bad game. Yeah, just going on the back of that, as you said, there's a bit of niggle, especially at the start of the game, and uh, a lot more <laughs> by the time this game finished. Um, no matter how bad the Titans are going, they just always seem to match up whenever they play the Broncos. It, they could be running absolutely last and they always come out and give the, the Broncos a run for their money. And I think they've actually got a winning record over them recently, which is something funny. Yeah, big ones too. Yeah. Considering Even how last year, the biggest Arco game. And all that sort of, yeah, 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 yeah. They just seem to always show up for the Broncos. And um, Right this day, you should keep a, a Mark Lambon style <laughs> book of pearls yeah, yeah. because the, you're right. Last um, yeah, two or three years, they've just Canberra over the Sharks. Never tip them, uh, yeah. Canberra over the Sharks, <laughs> yeah. Um, very physical game for the majority of it, with the forwards being like highly involved because every time it seemed to get out past the halves, it just broke down. As I said earlier, with errors and suspend uh, errors and penalties and all the rest of that kind of stuff. Um, Broncos did a pretty good job on Fafita, I thought, for large part of the game. I, got, until I, I was there slightly was... baffled by the fact they said Fafita was like God's gift to football in this game. He was good, but he wasn't. I mean, he had some key We won touches. the Titans game, <laughs> realistically. It was that. <laughs> I, and it was, it was that. <laughs> Ten minutes either side of half time, he absolutely terrorised Ricky, Ezra Mam, and, and Tony Staggs out there. He, he ran through all three of them to score a try yeah, on his true. own. And then three minutes or four minutes into the second half, he had he's run through two of them and then thrown an offload for the for the bloke to score outside him, and um, he was yeah a big part of twelve points for the Titans when they really needed it. Um, yeah, like it, he was kept quiet for a big part of the game, but that that twenty minute period, ten minutes either side of half time, he absolutely bossed those blokes out there for the Broncos yeah. side. <laughs> um, where were we? Uh, you know who wasn't kept quiet for Is 70 that? minutes of the game? <laughs> Carrigan. <laughs> yeah, but my other man. Who you got? You sang a fucking song about um, him. <laughs> Mo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get to him. He was fantastic again through the middle of the field. As I said, I just he needs one more dimension in him. He needs an yeah, offload know, or, a, or a bit of a step or something, but he works so hard through the middle of the field. It's fantastic. Mm. Um, Pereira burnt Cobbo like 
left him standing still. I didn't think he was that much quicker than him off the mark, but clearly <laughs> that standing start just went yeah. completely past him he and left him standing there. Like He'd been a conversation for quickest in the comp. Over, yeah, 30 or 40 at least. Um, Walsh might be up there too, but he was completely uninvolved in this game apart from getting himself a three-week suspension, <laughs> which was obviously good for the Broncos. Fuck mm. uh, <laughs> those wheels. Ezra had a really nice individual effort to score a try. A um, couple of really nice touches in this game. Again, he's uh, he's growing into being a, a, a top quality five eight in the in the NRL. Um, looked like the Broncos were back into it as you mentioned the last twenty minutes. They looked they just expected them to come home and they were this gonna, game. like even they had three disallowed. And you still I was still sitting in that hammock right there, um, going oh they're still going to win by six. Like they'll still win. They were breaking them open and causing all Until sorts of problems. But the, there was some yeah. some really nice scramble as well from the Titans. To be honest, yeah, like yeah, they yeah, yeah. they did shut them down a couple of times where they they could have scored tries and they didn't. Um, Broncos probably made a few errors at the back end of the game, which sort of cost them in that last 10-minute yeah. period. Well, you mentioned Cobbo. He looked like he was about to run 100 metres, and he ran behind Reese Walsh. He smacked four blokes away, runs right behind Walsh, penalty Titans, and that was a game. That was, yeah. They, that got him out to the six-point lead, which they hung on to. If, like, you, you have to give Titans a bit of credit for that scramble and oh, um, do, being able to hold in, for, especially that last 10 minutes when all the pressure was on him. Um, Herbie was the best of the back line for the Broncos again. He's yep. <laughs> he's just turned into a different player this year. He's he's happy to take all the hard stuff as well. And I can't wait till he has one of those games where he gets two or three tries to you know, back up the effort that he's put in and him week in and week out. Um, be a massive day for Herbie when that happens. But uh, the halves are, were were okay in attack, but they were suspect in defence. They I think they both missed five or six tackles, which led to you know big big breaks in. In, uh, in their defence and let the Titans down the other end of the field. Hass, Ricky and Flegler were all real strong again for the Broncos, which they rely on these days because there's a few blokes out there that like to take a take 10 and 15 minute periods out of the game and not really get too involved, um, which is funny because it wasn't happening at the start of the year, but the last couple of weeks it, it's starting to creep in there for these Broncos team. Uh, Carrigan was brilliant. My other man, yes. Yeah, he was fan. He was absolutely fantastic, and by far the best of the Broncos. Carl Pereira and Kelly had some, you know, probably the best oh, of the backs th- for the Titans. When you say, are you mean the Broncos forwards or, or everyone? No, no, I think yeah. he was. Who else? Maybe oh, uh, Reece Walsh. Well, on, on a different day, Reese Walsh has three try assists. Like legit, has a try and three try assists. I don't want to argue because who cares? No, but I think you <laughs> would. You have two. But errors ca- if you said, yeah, I know. <laughs> three if you weeks said it, sorry. <laughs> called called Chris Butler a cunt. Just want to say it again. There's two. Oh, hang on, <laughs> beep button. We've said it. He's a cunt. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I've said it once, and Damo said it once in three years, and Jack <laughs> no, just dropped it three times. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry three times in the space of ten minutes. Uh, uh, our demographic isn't young women, so I think we're okay. Apologies, to everyone else. Uh, I thought both benches were okay for most teams. <laughs> there it is. Mo, as it. you said, was brilliant again. Like How he good just was he? absolutely barrels through the middle of the ruck, and there's. there's, there's Considering there was no Tino, he picked up part of his work as well and just absolutely owned the middle of the field as a one-man wrecking crew. And, um, yeah, as I said, Fafita was probably the difference in that 20-minute period. Yeah, that's fair enough. Apart from the hour that he was, he was pretty well contained. But for 70 minutes, for, for Mo to walk in that field without Tino and Dewey does every week and run over 200 and something metres, 
make 30-plus tackles. And just, uh, yeah, You're right in terms of that's who he is, but it's also that's his job. But, um, fuck, he was phenomenal. Phenomenal. I'm guessing you had him for three, did you? Yes. I guess. <laughs> I had Fafita for three. But you can... Yeah, yeah, nah, fuck him. Either Carrigan or nah, Moe for one. No, I'm pitching uh, my for flag. Two and one. I'm pitching my flag in my tent. It's yeah. going to be... But right. also, anyone else want to wrap? No. Moe, Fafita, really. Carrigan, then. Um, AJ, we're talking about origin level. He was okay. He was okay at best, I thought. I don't think he was... Didn't have a lot of involvement blow away. in I thought, game. Well, if you're comparing yeah. apples to apples, he wasn't Reese really Walsh in this game. No. Uh, Shoop had some nice attacking <laughs> moments. Uh, defensive, still fucking terrible. Uh, and Philip Sammy again, sim same same. Like there's still those edges weren't uh, they weren't exploited the way I'd hoped, uh, and that was end of the day probably the what did cost him the game really. Um, Broncos just could, didn't seem to be able to get it out there without fucking it up. To be honest, yeah, no, essentially that's it. Yeah, uh, three mo, two defeater, one two Carrigan. Okay, you okay with that? Yep, you can tell me I'm I'll wrong. I'll go with that. I over a lot, but you know. <laughs> I had Fafita, Mo, and Carrigan, but we'll go that. We'll swap them two around. That's uh, fine. Alex, casting vote. You get to cast vote. Didn't get watch the game. It's my show. I trust mine. <laughs> 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 All righty. Well, did you see this coming? No, not in the style that it happened. Not at 31 all. 31 to 6, the Cowboys over the Bunnies. What did the stats say? One try out of five, one out of one conversions for Souths, four out of five for the Cowboys. One penalty attempt and one field goal attempt for the Cowboys. 67% completion played 84%. 364-plus running metres and 152-plus post-contact metres for the Cowboys' side. Five line breaks to six, 24 tackle busts to 41, eight offloads to four. A forced dropout from the Cowboys, 391 tackles played 284 13 errors for Souths, 7 for the Cowboys, 8 penalties conceded to 4. One ruck infringement against the South side. Was it just me or did Souths not look like scoring a point no, for they the were, majority they were, they of were this game? They were awful here. They were absolutely woeful and I can't, I can, but they've now been that bad for six weeks. Since I said that in the comp, <laughs> literally, <laughs> they've been all, like they were bad here. Ilias looked like the only one who could throw a decent pass. Yeah. And Campbell Graham looked like the only bloke who was going to break a tackle. And and their plan was... Murray we, busted his ass in the middle of the field, but that happens every week. So And their plan was, let's try and get it to Campbell Graham sometimes and then... Kick for AJ. And kick for AJ. Yeah. Um, Taff tried hard, but Taff's... Taff's Taff. I don't know what... Taff's probably... He gets bashed. He puts in a few grubbers. He, Taff might be a halfback. Who knows? Not a very good halfback, but he's, he might be a halfback. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's where he came through. I think he's a junior halfback. He'll probably end up playing seven for the Tigers next year. That's fine. Uh, Is it, though? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but as you can tell, and I'm watching now from my mental state currently, I don't give a shit. Um, they were like, yeah. they had. I don't get how you force so many pegs in so many weeks. Yeah, no. I have fucking no idea. For and team that the, and like, their forward packs got stronger. Team that looked like top sort of three of... Top three in the competition to now looking like a team that's an also ran and wouldn't even challenge anyone in the top eight at the moment the way they're playing. And um, they're only missing one bloke now. Two real <laughs> Richie Kelly. They're missing two. I, I, I don't know what's happening. They, they were poor. They were poor at best. Was Arrow there? They're missing Arrow. Yeah. They're, they're missing uh, got Sele. They're missing Savili, uh, Havili, who's back this week. Um, but those guys aren't going to win football trail. games. 
<coughs> yeah, but not from this. Latrell could oh, have Luttrell, won this. Oh, Latrell. Latrell would have won this game. Yeah. Like, their forwards now, I feel like they're missing another back rower. Yeah. Um, I, I don't understand it. They Like, they are actively bad now, but how do you – maybe this is the – like we've only showed four years, maybe this is the level of NRL where nothing makes sense and nothing does make points sense. Points don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> right here, Drew. <laughs> Five nil at halftime. I wasn't even sure if the Cowboys were going to score many points. In well, this it game. didn't feel like it at all. <laughs> didn't did it? Um, the sneaky little <laughs> field goal at halftime to put the scores at five nil at halftime. I was scratching my head, wondering where the points were going to come from, but. They came from exactly where we, where they generally do with this Cowboys side, and it was Scotty Drinkwater. He absolutely carved them up in the middle too. Yeah. Like he, he wasn't scouting wide and putting guys over. Well, he was running through the middle of this back and causing them all sorts of problems. To Alungi and um, and Holmes come D back for, and had for the whole season. Or every time I beat him at the at the gums, <laughs> fucking Tigers need to sign Drinkwater at half. They need to just get signed Drinkwater. Sign Drinkwater. That's all I hear every time I have a beer with him. Anyway, we've on. seen him at half, and I think he, he's better well. suited at fullback. Yeah. He gets a bit more time to have an actual look at the defensive line and set up where he's going to yeah. go. Uh, he seems a little bit rushed <laughs> in the halves, but you know, he's probably better than anyone you got there at the moment. So, but when, when Cowboys are at the best, though, their roles make sense. Yeah, absolutely. Robson does tackles his ass off, get clean distribution, Chad runs kicks. when he runs a lot. Chad kicks, Dean, Dean runs. runs a lot, and D, and Jinkwall does everything. Chimes else. in wherever he needs to. Um, be. And they were able to do that here. Um, Cowboys are much more fluent in attack, heaps stronger in defence as well. Um, South's got caught on the edges early with some, um, a couple of them were drops leading to tries, like jumping up for high balls yeah. and tapping it back and it just ends up in a Cowboys hands and <laughs> there's tries for the Cowboys. But um, they were just heaps, t- heaps tougher for longer, the Cowboys. like They were down for the fight and they, they really owned the middle of the field, I thought, for big parts of this game, apart from... Some Murray put on a bit of a show there at one, at one point, and Cook was getting involved a little bit, but it was only for sort of a ten minute period. Um, but they, by the back end of this game, they would just get leaking points at will. The South Sydney team mm. didn't matter what part of the field it was; they were just missing tackles and, <laughs> and leaking points. It's um, something we haven't seen from them this year. But Murray concerns me a little bit because he he feels tired to me. This was probably one of his fresher games, I thought. I but thought he has felt tired. And I don't know whether he needs to go back on an edge. I don't know whether work's killing him. I don't know whether the rest of the pack sucks and he's just carrying him. I don't I don't know. Bit of both, I think. Tell me, David. I'm <laughs> yeah, pretty sure it's a bit of both at the moment. Um yeah, he works himself to an absolute standstill. And well, they don't they don't help him by giving him well, they they were giving him time off at the start of the year, but it's just a, a continual, you know, pile up, I think, of mm. you know, they 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 were missing some of the big of bigger forwards. To begin with, and now they're missing a couple of their smaller forwards as well, and he's the one that's taken up the the workload. He's had, I think, he's had a couple of head knocks this year too, which probably yeah, doesn't help. He's had definitely had a few through his career. Um, but sometimes I wonder if teams are just better off really packing an edge. In you're probably right. In just going with this is where our points are. Fucking stop us. Then burn out your best player doing what he's doing. I don't, I don't know. But he does it more in defence than anything else. Like he, that's true. He's right. the guy that's just mopping up all the shit in the middle of the field because nobody else could be bothered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Cook Cook makes the tackles up front, but as soon as they sort of half get through a gap, Murray's the one who's, you know, jumping mm. onto the jersey or jumping in, grabbing the legs and hanging on and just hoping he survives <laughs> the end of the tackle. Yeah. But um, 
Yeah, Graham and AJ were the best of the back five for the south side. Um, Totola and Keon Kulamatangi were were good. So was Cook. Um, but yeah, they were they weren't impressive, but they they did their job. Um, Host was good off the bench. I thought someone they probably need to give a few more minutes to. Mm-hmm. Um, without Murray, but when the, he started those games, he started. He was great. He was. Yeah. yeah. And considering Arrow's not there, I don't know why he's not starting. Mm. But um, without Murray, this probably is fifty plus. Like he yeah. cleaned up quite a few times where they, they started poking holes through the middle of the ruck and he was the yep. guy as I mentioned, guy hanging onto the jersey or hanging onto the boots as they as they went past the, a different defender. Uh Robson and Hiku were decent. Luciano and Nanai had fantastic games. This is my point. Sixty six to whatever it was, eighteen six weeks ago, mm-hmm. Luciano's return game. What a difference. I'm not, I'm not sure saying it's all because of him. But what a different size comes. But yeah. size back into that pack. They had a tiny pack at that time. Yep. Luciano, ever since, they don't think they've lost a game since then. Luciano's come back. JT's back. Nanai came back. Uh, and Tomalolo didn't play here. But yeah, he, um, I reckon Luciano has turned a corner with them. And that's for them. Uh, not single-handedly, but he... Him coming back has been, and he's been great ever since. Yeah, no, well, we saw what he did at the back end of last year. He's a big injection into this squad at the back end of last year, and he's um, improved on that again. Took him probably two games to get his match fitness, and he's but he's now up and running. And um, there's not a lot of blokes skirting down that edge trying to get past him one on one because he puts on a pretty solid hit when he gets old of someone. So, um, they're going to be back in the. They're going to be back in the talk for the top eight. I think and, so. Um, someone that could, as Incredible. you mentioned before, dark horse that can cause an upset Incredible in the finals and where they've come maybe from. knock someone out that you wouldn't think that they were going to knock out six weeks ago. They looked like they were going to go close to running last like six or eight weeks ago. I liked that um, Peyton's ruthless as well. Like he's just gone, well, Valame's here and we don't need Kyle Felt anymore. Tua <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lungi and Holmes played Origin on Wednesday. Ah, oh, fuck it. See you, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> we'll bring the boys back in. Yeah. There we are. Um, as for Mr. Holmes. What about just about everybody who backed up from Origin was fantastic again. Yeah, weekend. except Mount Stewart's still hungover and allegedly. And um, and there's someone else. Oh, and Penrith rested everyone. Everyone else, as but, they've yeah. done again, has been great. Absolutely great. Can't knock us. Oh, can I? I can't knock anyone I can think of. This who was it? was it? I think it was Flegler they asked about. Oh, no, sorry. They asked Welsh, one of the Melbourne forwards about... Munster, and he said he had um, caxtonitis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, well, yeah, Val, like, fast, dangerous. This was the best Val Holmes. Yeah, he's he, been, he was what, last, since Origin. Since Origin started, yeah, since he has absolutely kicked back in He's got gear. Stafford this week, and I'm, I'm, actually ner- <laughs> I'm actually nervous for Stafford. Yeah, I would be too. Yeah. <laughs> His footwork and pace in the last couple of weeks has been tremendous. Um Chad was decent with his kicking game, did strong running. You mentioned it all before. They played their roles uh, perfectly. Tuolungi and Holmes were really good on that edge, but Drinkwater was the man of the match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a catalyst of everything. Yep. Holmes was the second best on yep. the field, I thought. And then I had um, Murray Dearden or Nanai for the one, probably even Chuck and Luciano. But... Who did I have for one? That's a fine question here. I didn't write it down. Um, three, the three and two I agree with, and uh, Nanai... Deedon or I can give it to Deedon. I thought it was quite good. Uh, it was just a pure running game, but it he did what Deedon does and scored Deedon, a try. Set and Deedon did it well. A couple of nice scrubbers, as Doctor Zeus would say. <laughs> I think he just rolled along the ground. 
It anyway. did. Anyway, we're 20 to 18. Canberra over the Chooks in a – it wasn't – actually, it wasn't a bad game of footy. It wasn't the best game of footy I've ever seen, yeah. but it was <laughs> um, physical enough and through the, it, was, it, it was physical yeah. enough and there was enough intensity at times. Unfortunately, both teams looked like they had no idea what they were doing most uh, of the time. Yeah. And they both probably gifted each other a try as well in, in the in the offing. Mm. But um, three tries apiece, three out of three for the Roosters, two out of three conversions for the Raiders, two out of two penalty attempts for the Canberra side. 80% completion played 82%. 127 plus running metres for the Raiders. Two line breaks for both sides. 20 tackle bus played 31. Nine offloads to 19. A forced dropout by the Roosters. 407 tackles played 344. 11 errors to Sydney. 7 to Canberra. Four penalties conceded to three. Four ruck infringements against the Raiders. One inside the 10 against the Roosters. Uh, both teams had a couple of nice chances early. Uh, just couldn't really cash in on them. Uh, the first penalty I thought was touch and go for a professional foul. Yep. Ball coming back, Egan Butcher decided to claim the ball when he really had no right to be in that position, which is obviously why they got the penalty. But um, for mine, he prevented a try. Yeah. So there was two Raiders directly behind him. Either of those pick up the ball, they score. So I thought that probably should have been a professional foul in 10 minutes in the bin, but wasn't. It was a penalty to the Canberra team. Um, Rooster just seemed to blow every opportunity they had in the first half. Anytime they got down the Raiders' end, they just threw it into touch. They ran around in circles. They dropped the ball. They gave away, I think they gave away a penalty in possession as well, <laughs> which doing that kind of stuff is just not going to get I'll just, anywhere. I'll just tell you the exact minute they actually passed the ball to someone capable of scoring. It was the 39th. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then Joey Marnie scored. I've got that in my notes, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Cameron. Um, yeah, they just gave away so many penalties, errors in the first half until the very last minute of the first half with Manu running through a, a nice hole, which was created by Kiri, sort of drifting across the field and took three of them with him over the try line. Um, it was Manu again, five minutes into the second half, jumping over the top of someone to score another try. And he really looked like the only point of attack for the for the Roosters for the majority of this game. Um, the Raiders scored... A couple of nice tries. One was sort of gifted to them, but the so I just want to I'll, I'll get you the race. <coughs> but I just want to emphasise that point. Literally, the only way they ever looked like scoring a point was from Joey Manu. There was nothing else for that first half. There was nothing from Kiri. Yes, Tedesco ran lots of minutes, uh, lots of meters, and it looks very nice when you look at the stats, etc., uh, etc. Et but there was nothing in that attack. Sandon set up one or two little sort of half breaks. Yeah, some nice um, touches. Smith, yeah, yeah, a couple yeah. of nice little uh, back row runs. And sort of half busted through the defence, but they never really <coughs> penetrated the defence yeah. to any anything meaningful in that first half. Um, yeah, a bit of a luck in in most of the tries really, with balls sort of bouncing around um, with the white one. But the Hopper Wadi try was brilliant, beautiful. It's probably the best try of the match with Croker opening up the defender, beating him on the outside, then coming back inside and a flick pass to Young, who flicks it on to Hopper Wadi to score in the corner. That, that for mine was the the best. Best try of the night, um, which they had to do on their own, which wasn't sort of the theme of the night, really. Um, it's funny because in a game without a lot of attacking press, I want to wrap Fogarty's kicking. Look, his kicking was brilliant. His spiral bomb is as good as anyone's. He's in the been game. a big part of the reason that they've won. Majority 100%. of the games they've won this year, well, to be honest. They never get close against Tigers without him. Uh, the game, the game after that, uh, they beat Para. Grubbers bouncing off posts. Off the grubber, same thing. Uh, Spiral bombs. And ever since, it's like ever since we thought the fo- he's come back and he's been, 
his kicking game, he's got as good a kicking game in the attacking position. He has the third best kicking game in the comp. If I was rating him, and people don't want to hear this, I would go DCE, Moses, Fogarty. There you go. Uh, this year. This year. Yeah, yeah. You cleary fucking weirdos. The second half really looked like the Roosters were coming, and they were going to, you know, they scored five minutes into the into the second half. They were well in contention in the second half, and they were they were starting to open the Raiders up at times, causing causing problems on sort of both sides of the field, but never really any massively massive clean breaks, just more sort of half breaks and pushing. Getting fast play the balls and playing off the back of that. I, th- I feel like that exposed, I know there's injuries, but I feel like it exposed where some of their back row was at because in the past, mm. uh, your Guzzi Crichtons, your Fletchers, your Bakers, your, um, I know Tupanua is now out for another season. Yep. Um, Guzzi's right off the boil he's, at the he's moment. He's, uh, um, and, I lo- and as everyone, if you've listened to the show long, if you know how much I love him, but he's not, he's not with he us. comes back to where he was But next year. yeah, their yeah. edges are just non existent. Yep. Um, but you have to give it to the Raiders. They um, showed more guts than me in a tank top, to be honest. <laughs> they, they hung in there and just fought and scrapped for everything. Doesn't take your tank top, Barney. <laughs> they fought and scrapped for everything they could. And at the back end of this game, even when the, the Roosters had all the field position and possession and were causing problems for the Raiders. Um, tough win. Another one for their season. That's probably seven or eight now where they probably... You know, were really in the fight and could have lost the, every one of those games, but they've, they've managed to hang in and get the two points. So, a really important one for them too. Now, they're, I think they're pretty well entrenched in that top eight now, and they're gonna. I've you know, I've um, conceded that uh, old mate. I'm probably gonna owe him hundred bucks. <laughs> I think you might. Yeah, <laughs> it's looking that way. Not my fault. Unless it's everyone else's fault. Apart. But yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll pay up. It's the Let cops me know fault. if you're yeah. listening. Uh, <laughs> I think it was Daniel. <laughs> inbox me and let me know your inbox us on Facebook and let us know your PayPal details. Once it happens, hasn't happened yet. I'll sort it out. Daniel Tupu and Kiri were decent. Um, Turpin, again, another really good game from him. Jared Weir Hargraves had a good game as well as Radley. Um, Nathaniel White was really good in mine. He was probably one of yeah, their better dangerous. players. Um, yeah, look, did look dangerous. Uh, Sandon Smith as well caused a few problems for the the Canberra defence. But um, yeah, they they were very good. But it was Man Manu was their best player by a long way uh, for the, for the Roosters and looked uh, by far their best their best player. Wolford Young and Solo were all good for the the Raiders side. Tomoko, uh, Hopawati and Croker were very good on that edge. Yep. They were causing problems down there for the Raiders, especially in that first half. Went missing a little bit in the second half. But um, Fogarty and Horsburgh. They were the difference in this game. Horsburgh was enormous in the middle of the field again. Another one that just took it all upon himself in the middle of the field. Tapane and and um, you know Tapane was a bit. Don't of help, even so don't was... even compare Tapane. I know you love him to no, Horsburgh. No, no, no they, Horsburgh. At, at least they were there to help. Where, and, at, <laughs> you know, at, but Horsburgh yeah. was a one man wrecking crew and, and fifty tackles on top of it. Fantastic in the middle of the field. He's just taken his game to a completely different level. And as you mentioned, Fogarty's... another Queenslander. In case you're worried. Fogarty's kicking and um, some nice little subtle ball playing was was the difference in this match. So. Uh, a couple you haven't mentioned just quickly. Uh, Jack, I thought Jack White. Now he yeah. doesn't. He was very very good in this match, but he doesn't. He's not a five eight. He's been playing five eight for three years. He's not a five eight. He'll go to Souths and wreck house next year. Imagine if New South Wales had set out in Origin this year 
and just said, you know what, we'll work the rest of the shit out, but Campbell Graham and Jack White are our centres. Because I reckon if they'd said that, Jack White would have played. The defence would have been a lot different. Different defensive structure uh, and more points coming. Would have forced Queensland back to the middle of the field a lot more. Yeah. Instead, they went with uh, every other option under the sun. But the two best centres in the game, who were World Cup winning centres, it's not like they're, they're unproven. Very good defensive centres. Um, the best defensive centres in the game would have been amazing together. And we never got to see it in the three years under Freddie. We never saw that. So thanks, Fred. Um, <laughs> but I thought Whiten, for, for, for what Whiten does, and like I said, what he did, he was very good in this game. Yeah, I did actually have got. him down for a point. So I well, don't know yeah. why I didn't mention him. And no, no, Lindsay just, Collins is the one I didn't mention for yeah. the Roosters either. He was in um, fantastic form for and, the Roosters. And Seb Chris was, was great. Um, good. Got caught out of Very good. Once, but he's not, well, he, he still is not a, he's, he's not, not a, he's not a pure bled, no. a pure bred. Fullback, he's a manufactured fullback. He's doing a very good job, and he's team winning. Centre winger, yeah. Now, um, James Tedesco got out jumped by Seb Chris. Got out jumped by a back rower twice. The first two tries, Lindsay Collins uh, in Origin, <laughs> and got out jumped by Lindsay Collins in Origin. Now, I don't want it. People don't like to hear it. I like Roosters fans don't like it, um, but Ricky Ponting is the best cricketer I ever saw. Right. Uh, and I think we can all agree the last 18 months he played for Australia, he probably shouldn't have been playing for Australia. Probably not. Um, and I love Punter. Like, best batsman I've ever seen. Like, my fucking Twitter handle is Daggy14. I wear 14 in the back of my back because of Ricky Ponting. At least the light, J- last nine months. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and, and the, the the last memories of Ricky Ponting are getting bowled by Dale Stain at LA and falling over on his face and looking like a dickhead. Um, for the literally the greatest cricketer in my time I've seen. Um, James Tedesco is now starting to encroach in that territory. I'm not saying he doesn't try hard. I'm not saying he shouldn't be playing first grade. I'm not saying he shouldn't necessarily be playing for New South Wales. But this game he was exposed a couple of times. The, the Teddy of um, 2018 does not concede those two tries the Roosters concede. twenty of The Teddy of 2020 makes a cover tackle and saves the other try. Mm-hmm. He's not at that level anymore. A lot of the best fullbacks of our generation, apart from Billy Slater, moved to 5'8 or elsewhere. So your Lockyers, your, uh, your Lockyers, your Inglises, uh, your someone else. Obviously. I don't know where you're yeah. playing, though. I, like. Well, this is my point. So so what do you do with Teddy? You just go, you're not winning. You, but, and I wouldn't even say it if it was another club. If it was the Dragons or the Tigers or the Knights. You don't mess with Teddy. Yeah. It's not going to matter. But you've got, Joey, you've got Joey Mart, a golden boot winning fullback there who can run 350 metres in a game if you let him. What do you do? What do you do? At a, at a ruthless club, do you say, look, let's give you a pre-season at six? You, you, we've got no one else. Yeah. Thanks, Sam Walker. Have a pre-season at six, Teddy. Practice your kicking. Can you get up, can you get up and going and you and Kiri be our six? you try him at centre? Is there somewhere else you do him? Or do you just go, okay, well, Joey, we're going to now run 14th this year and next year doesn't look particularly good because we've signed these players who were at the top of the hill when we signed them and the only way from the top of the hill is this way. Um, is Are we just going to cop it for two years till you go and thanks a lot, Teddy? What, what do you do with James Tedesco, Barney? I think your best option is to try and make him a six, but... How does he defend in the front line? I think that's why they played Manu there ahead of him earlier this year. And I think he becomes a defensive liability, which is probably even worse than what he's uh, being, you know, 
get jumped over at, at fullback yeah. at the moment. So, uh, Could you play him as a wing? And that's an, you possibly could play him as a winger. Play him yeah. a wing. Could play him as a winger, but there's it's still the same thing. You're going to have big seven foot blokes like Dominic Young running at him, trying to jump over the top of him. And if you yeah. if you can't get off the ground to compete with that, then that's going to be pretty well shown up as well. He just needs to, he needs less any involvement, especially in the backline well, plays. Which the the biggest thing is he's destroyed himself over ten years, years. taken three hit ups every set, and run, trying to run throughout it every game. Yeah. yeah. He's less involvement in the backline plays if he, if they're going to keep him at fullback and just really concentrate on being because he is one of the better blokes in position like defensive oh, no positioning doubt, no doubt. and being in the right position for grubber kicks and all that kind of stuff and and focus back that way. But he's probably going to, as you said, probably going to have another eighteen months at fullback for the Roosters and he's probably going to be remembered for not being what he was at, at his especially best. once it really starts crumbling. Once a wall crumbles, it's um, that's a long way back. Well, I can't see him really you, fitting in uh, anywhere if else. If a ball goes up tomorrow, then he goes are you back in Jareen Buller or Teddy to get there first? Yeah, well, that's, that's, you, and it's a, one's twenty, one's thirty-two, but that's what's going to spread. Next minute you've got, um, next minute you've got uh, Sabra jumping over you. Next minute you've got uh, once the once this we saw it with Punnett, once that's what the it's snowball it's starts, be the same thing yeah. as a as a set, as a winger as well. Um, yeah. Centers or five eight, maybe you could try to do some training with him in the off season and see if you can make him. I feel like he's big enough eight. to play center, but yeah. they're still fast enough. I don't think it's a knock on his pace or his output. It's just center's probably his ideal position to be honest. Center field RTS, just swap him with Manu. Yeah, no. that's that looks obvious to me. And and fifteen weeks out of twenty four, you're not going to have a better center than you're playing against you. He'll be able to tackle most of them. Yeah, like Campbell Graham or Vale Holmes might burn him on those games. I hope he comes and lights fine. up the rest of the season and we see the best out of him for the rest of this year, but it's not looking Of course. I love Teddy. Like, fucking, yeah, I, 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 will, I, I would make a strong argument he's in the Cornella for the best fullback of the yeah, yeah. NRL era. NRL? NRL era. Right. Him and Billy Slater, probably yeah, the best yeah. too. If you're going to say it. New South Wales, old, uh, fine as well. It's probably the best, yeah. Yeah, of course. Any dad? Oh, look, I just think if I was if I was Trent Robinson, I'd probably let Rob um, Tedesco go. Right. I think just refresh, try someone new, freeze up the salary cap. You may as well move in another. Tiger's giving me a bucks. You'll be happy. I respect yeah. the hell out of yeah. Tedesco. One of the best to have played the game, but his, his career's not over. But prime Tedesco's over. So yeah. if Roosters, you know, they've had a, a I think. By their standards, a bad season. Absolutely. So far. So I think for them, bite the bullet. I'd try to move on to Desco. I reckon I could understand can. it if everything else is clicking, but nothing else is clicking. Like, I don't think they'd know who their halfback is next. No. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't right. know. I think in those times, I understand why you'd bunker down and back what you know and try and find your way out. But I, to me, I, I, I think the center, the center switch might be the most obvious. I think so too. It could go to a club who needs a center who's struggling a bit. And he'd probably, no, I wouldn't say reduce I mean, the Dragons career, are one point five and play there for what, what for? Like what, he'd, for? He'd keep himself <laughs> in the books of being one of the current best players if he if he makes that move, and he could probably you know help his career and help another I, club I, if I, he goes. I, I on. wouldn't be shocked though if he turns around and retires from rep footy this year and yeah, I, I would World say Cup that's captain, the end of it. Origin, oh, he's, he's had a, an amazing career. Hall of Fame, uh, you know, if, 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 if no one's ever mentioned this, but if you like. 
he's in the immortal conversation in 10 years' time. 100%. He, he's he's kind of damaging his legacy at the there. moment, but I think he's still had that good of a career that, yeah, he's immortal worthy. I he's think in, so. He's in the conversation. I don't think he'll ever get the, uh, bestowed the honour. But um, if you, I, as you said, if you're trying to get 12 to 18 months out of him, I'd be looking at switching him to centre. Lessens his involvement, you know, he's got the pace to beat people one-on-one. He's big enough to be a defensive, you know, uh, you know, be I mean, able to hold re- his Realistically, position. and you do the stats, but realistically, you don't have to make 15 tackles at centre. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so five or six runs, yeah, like, realistically. Yes, Fafita yeah. might run over you one and day. He's or... a bloke who breaks tackles, which is yeah. what you want out of a centre. Ice, get him wider, isolate farm, him. He runs, if you're going to get caught in a court, he may as well get some clean ball. And off he He'll goes. be able to draw and pass for a winger. Especially if Manu's in the middle, giving him the clean ball. Anyway, Robbo, if you're listening, give it a crack, bro. Uh, any ass this game? Uh, yeah. No, no Corey Horsburgh was man of the match for mine. Yep. I thought he was incredible in the middle of the field. I had Fogarty for two. Yep. And then I had either Whiten or Lindsay Collins for the one. Two blokes That's I didn't mention shout. when I did the preview. Can, 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 <laughs> the you, preview. can you – well, no, I mentioned Whiten. <laughs> Just touch on Collins. He was great. He was great. He was aggressive. He was um, – again, his uh, defense in the middle of the field's picked up massively con- – considering where it was 12 months ago where he was a bit of a liability in defence at times in the middle of the field. He's, he's not that anymore. Origin is another he's another one of those guys that's just gone into Origin and obviously confidence has been a massive boost coming into the last four weeks. And the last four weeks, he's been their leader in the middle of the field. He's the guy that they need, obviously, in this team to take over from Jared when he does decide to go. He's already started. Performance-wise, he's taken over from Jared, for my in yeah. my opinion, over the last four to six weeks. And, yeah, he's... Um, Someone that will be at this club, I would imagine, until he retires or until they get sick of him with a year to go. <laughs> well, they've just re-signed Jared. So they get honestly, the Roosters are I, – I can't see – and this is the thing, if you look at the bottom four from uh, – the bottom six right now, mm. I reckon that would be identical apart from the Roosters last year. Tigers, Canterbury, Newcastle, Dragons, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, it takes it takes a lot. It takes a big clean. It takes a lot of time to change anything. The Roosters have re-signed everyone for next year. Uh, how are they going to change beyond drastic changes we just talked about? Um, but to your point, Jared's staying for another year, and Lindsay's now the <coughs> dominant prop. He hasn't had a great he, his first three months went great, but Origins awoken the beast, and I hope he keeps going. Well, there's something going on with Lodge there. He's, he hasn't been getting he's minutes, going, he's in, going. minutes in no, that no, no, team. They've yeah. gotten rid of him now. Um, he was a big part of what they did last Nathan year. Nathan Brown's been so, good, so there's yeah, someone Nathan there. Brown's been someone. good. You've got Tupanua Crichton. and Crichton who are well below their best. Yeah. So you get them anywhere near back to near their best. Uh, they're very good. You've and got those the, two make the bakers, uh, the, and then the butchers yeah, better. The butchers then move to the bench role. Yeah. Uh, well, one of them does at least, who adds a bit of impact coming off the bench. It's really about some – there's probably had four to five blokes who have just well and truly underperformed this year. Yeah. And their halves have been headless it, it, for a the big part of the year that, as well. Um, so. Is the concern when you sign blokes at their peak, the yeah, only way is down? Yeah, absolutely. There's no and, – and that's what they do, and they win comps at times, so that's – anyway. Um, big part of their problem has been Kiri, Walker, and – well, the young bloke's been pretty good since he's come in, but Kieran and Walker have been like shot ducks for the yeah. majority of the year. They have said, not been able to provide points for most of the season. As I said, quarterbacks are... Oof. Yeah, that's a good ball. Isn't it? Uh, <laughs> shades the old Barnabas. I've seen Kawajali lose uh, the top of his off stump. Yeah, so the, the, yeah, it is the... Um, halves, halves are the key of this team, and they did haven't had one since. And, uh, and Cheese was disappointing. Has been, yeah, very much so. Have we got, uh, let's take this home so we can get to our preview. 
Uh, top plan of the week, though. Uh, young fee guy on the wing for the Dragons. I think pretty sure it's the second time I've potted him this year. But uh, <laughs> for an 80-minute performance, put out seven runs for 30-odd metres, made a tackle and missed three of them, and gave up a try through a mistake. Um, yeah, he was my pot plan for the weekend. Newcastle Knights for me. <laughs> the whole crew. From where they've come from, I just, I just plant the lot. Because uh, they should have been better against Penrith and... Yes. Uh, when your peer reviews from other NRL players is suggesting the same, then I don't feel so bad. Uh, you got a slap? Yes, I am slapping. Where are we? Um, South Attack. Absolutely fallen off a cliff. Cody Walker went and had a uh, had a lie down for this game. Didn't, <laughs> did not get involved at all. Um, obviously, missing Latrell is a big part of their attack as well, but they're not hitting the edges. They're not breaking holes in defences, especially the Cowboys have been suspect for the majority of the year. I know they've, they're a lot better than what they have been previously, but, um, yeah, South's attack for mine has gone absolutely backwards since someone tipped them to win the comp. Isn't it funny? Because my slap <laughs> is South Sydney in general. They need to wake the fuck up or they're gone. Like, they are gone and the Reaper will have struck again. Salute. We'll finish on a high note. Uh, salute, Barn. What do you got? Uh, you, got any, you got anything for the end of these? Are you happy to? Oh, I'll give around? a slap to my restaurant manager, Maddie, for putting <laughs> a bet on the Knights to win 13 plus with a few try scorers. <laughs> I, th- I, to- I told her, I said, you're not, you're not going to beat Panthers 13 plus at home. Like, mm. They're missing their origin stars, but you're not going to win 13 plus. Knights aren't playing that way at the moment. So, Correct. Maddie, you get a slap for that. <laughs> well, Maddie, when you listen to Footy and Frothy's in the kitchen this week, uh, you can line up that. <laughs> <laughs> I had a few. I couldn't decide. There was, there was some brilliant individual performances from the Warriors. Um, I was enthralled with what I saw from those guys on the weekend. I narrowed it down to two with Fanua Blake with the, what he did through the middle of the field and the way he tore that forward pack apart almost single-handedly and Dallin with Tenny Zelezniak. He, he was in fine form. Just the way he was finishing those tries, one-handed put-downs with front flips and you know, contorting his body into all sorts of positions to be able to get the ball down under the, you know, um, with two and three blokes rushing at him. He was um, yeah, a brilliant performance from Dallin. Yeah, I've got to give a salute to Dallin as well. First time he's got four tries yep. in a game. Yeah, so that's, yeah, that's yeah. impressive. Yeah, it went from doesn't the, matter how, the double how the good they are, four. four tries in a game is impressive Absolutely. regardless. So good on Dallin for, for getting... I'm gonna give a uh, I'm gonna give my young fella Elijah a salute. He took on St Mary's Leagues this week and they got bashed out of the game, but he was the only one who was taking two and three hit ups a game by the end of that game and scored six tries out of the seven they actually scored in a day. So big shout out to him. I'll put some if you're watching YouTube, I'll put some good shooters for you. Good on Ken. Uh, I'm gonna also salute uh, the forgotten man near Corey, um, because I knew you would have had the others up your sleeve and I just think he's doing a Outstanding job at the Warriors this year and, and fitting in that puzzle well. And in a ba- your back, big fella. In a battle, we uh, yeah. And in a battle, we singled out on the preview show as the battle around the forward pack battle uh, for Mofort awake to lose Tino and yep. to come out and do to two hundred plus for me. There's thirty plus tackles against Haas and Co. We salute you, Mo. Sensational, sir. Mo, we salute you. Uh, this has been Footy and Frothies. That's the review show in the books. We've actually talked about round 18. Get stuck in it all in a minute. So take care, guys, and we'll talk soon. Bye.